0: Good evening. The time is 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is your host, Buffy Williams. You're listening to the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is the IEP process. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle Washington, coming to you live from Ms. Buffy Williams' office. (laughs) Just sitting around thinking about life and trying to become better people tonight. So, check us out. Welcome back. You're on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission.
1: Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals.
3: I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School, and we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible, and here at Silicon Valley High School, we're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today at svhs.co, and I hope you enjoy the show.
0: Welcome back on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission. This is your host, Buffy Williams. You're listening to the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is the IEP process, laws and guidance for special education and rehabilitation services. Um... But before we get into this week's show, I want to do a little recap of last week. Uh, On last week, we talked a little bit about the history of education reform and how we have moved from um, forms of education to kind of where we are today with public schools, private schools, charter schools, unschooling, and how families want to Uh, structure the school process and the education process and how we can make that better for our students. The purpose of the IEP process is to assist educators, parents, and local and state government agencies in implementing the required parts of Part B of the Individuals with Disabilities Act in Education. Um, And those guidelines are designed to, uh, for preschool-aged children, Um, this IEP process that we're going to talk about tonight is not covering the individualized family services plan for infants and toddlers, but it does include preschool-aged children. So again, it's just designed to assist the educators and the parents and local and state governments and giving them a framework of um, what should be included in the IEP process And all of the information that we'll be sharing tonight will be coming from the U.S. Department of Education with the assistance of the National Information Center for Children and Youth with Disabilities. And if you want a copy of the information, you can go to ed.gov. And they have versions of this information in Braille, large print, audio cassette, or on disc so you can also go online and again it's available at ed.gov that's ed.gov and so what we want to talk about is the individual with disabilities act uh, offers 10 steps on ways to um, develop a iep process so what else that are involved in the iep process so there are 10 steps Um, first Children uh, are identified as possibly having a special needs or any kind of related services. And so with that, the child find system, the state must identify, locate and evaluate all children with disabilities in the state who need special education or special education related services. And the child find system can evaluate uh, the children. Parents can also ask for a referral or request an evaluation. So it could be either or. And this request can be verbal or in writing, but they must have parental consent in order to evaluate your child. The second step is uh, the child is actually evaluated. So first you identify the student as Possibly needing services for special needs or special education or related services, and then you want to step into actually having the child evaluated, and the evaluation um, will be used to decide if the child is actually eligible for special education or related services, and to help make the appropriate decisions about the educational programs. Then, after the child determined uh, been evaluated. Eligibility is determined. And there's a special group of qualified professionals that look at uh, the child's evaluation and then the parents are asked to come to the hearing. Uh, Then the child is actually found as being eligible for services. Then he or she then has a 30 calendar day in order to be determined by the IEP team as to uh, what will be written in the actual IEP process for the child. Then the IEP meeting is scheduled and all the participants are contacted and uh, anyone who has any kind of special knowledge as it relates to the child will be invited to the meeting. At the IEP meeting, um, then the meeting is held and the actual IEP is written during that meeting. Uh, Everyone gathers and talks about the needs of that child uh, to include uh, the teacher, any administrators or any special education teachers and anyone that is deemed uh, to be a part of the IEP team. Then the services are actually provided to the students and carried out. Um, And then after that process, the student is monitored, and a report is given to the parent. And this monitoring of the student's progress can be in the form of the nine-week progress report or the nine-week report cards um, for the students. Once you are in uh, the meeting and you're establishing your IEP process, they discuss the services that will be provided to that child based on whatever the evaluation has deemed as appropriate or as a need for your child. Then the progress of your child's performance is measured and it's generally during uh, the same time that uh, any other student would receive a progress report, which would mean anyone who is non-disabled uh, their progress would be monitored in the same way that someone who has an IEPs would be monitored. And so that may be in the form of the nine-week progress report or when the student receives their actual report cards. And so at that time, the IEP process uh, after that can be reviewed and goals and placement are in play at that point. And so usually the IEP is reviewed within one year of the child actually being placed on the iep process and then the final step is for your child to be re-evaluated if necessary and generally re-evaluation happens every three years but once the iep process is completed you want to take a deeper look at um has it been done correctly are there things that should be um Incorporated that weren't incorporated initially. And so once an IEP is implemented is you want teaching to be improved through that process, the learning and results of that, and anything that is special and unique for your child, you can look at those things um, more closely and also try to work with the administration on how can you enhance the IEP process and look at what things are working and what things are not. But there are certain things that, of course, that must be included within that. And so you want to look at what is the current performance of your child. So those types of things can be determined by their classroom tests, their assignments, their individual tests uh, in a particular area, and You know, once you've decided that, you can discuss these things with the team. And you want to pay close attention to, you know, what are the short-term goals for your child? What are the benchmarks that they need to make in order to reach their goals? And any special education or related services that may assist them or any kind of modifications that they need within the classroom. And you want to make sure that their participation uh with non-disabled students is included in the IEP process this is a must and um actually how are they participation what is their participation like on the state level and the district wide tests that is also something that needs to be monitored and also what um dates and places like who um must provide services who will be providing services to your child and how long would that actually last? And so these are some of the things that definitely you want included in the IEP process. And you also want to look at any transitional services that your child may need once the IEP process is ended. And in different states, these are at different ages. So it could be at the age of 14 or the age of 16. And is there a need for any transitional services for your child after they, leave your, after they leave that particular school. And so, uh, again, the age of majority is only in some states, so you have to look at your state to see what is the age of majority and when they will need that information regarding the transitional services after they leave school. And then in the end, of course, you want to make sure that the progress that child has made from the time that the IEP process has been implemented until the end of that process. So the IEP um, process is something that a lot of our listeners are very interested in. So I want to hear from you all as to, do you think that the IEP process um, has been effective in your state? And if so, what things were the most effective and what do you find the most beneficial? And so that we can discuss and have a conversation about States and schools and school systems. And if you feel like those things are being implemented in a way that is very beneficial for your child. And when you look at the IEP team, one of the things I want you to keep in mind is that there are particular people that need to be on your team. Provider or regular uh, school teacher. uh, The person who can interpret or evaluate the results of the IEP process and others who have special knowledge or expertise about your child. And, of course, the parents also need to be included, and the regular education teacher. Um, A school system representative and any transitional service agency representatives also need to be involved with that process. And the law just tells us what information must be included, and it does not specify actually how the IEP should look, Uh, No one approach or appearance in the IEP process exists each state can decide on their own what the IEP Is to look like and and they can design forms, but across the United States many different IEP forms exist But you want to make sure that uh, As a parent that you make sure that your regular education teacher and special education teacher is involved Also, if individuals who are representing the school system uh, are also involved in any regular education teachers. And then some things that may, um, your child may require um, some of the following related services in order to benefit from special education. So there are things like auditory services or counseling services or early identification and assessment of students with disabilities or any medical services, occupational therapy uh, or parent counseling and training or physical therapy. Also psychological um, services and recreation services. And then we also have some social work services that are in schools, some school health services and speech and language pathology services that are also available. Also, sometimes transportation may be an issue. And so you want to look at how are these things beneficial for my student and what can or my child and what can my child benefit to make
1: them. Imagine your new bathroom
0: Equitable, as it is for any other student within the school. And so once that process is done, what parents need to do is try to uh, pay close attention to any special factors. It could be the child's behavior. It could be the fact that the child has limited English proficiency. Maybe they are visually impaired or, or hearing impaired or blind or deaf. And so maybe some communication needs need to be actually implemented uh, within the iep process or included in the iep process and so any assistive technology that may be uh, available also is something that could possibly be a part of your iep process and so these are just some things for you to think about and decide on um, what is the proper placement for your child within that education system. But some of the rules that we want to think about is um, what do we already know about our child? What kind of learning style? What environment are they actually um, used to? And what, what learning environments are they most um, effective in or productive in? And so we want to look at that. And also we don't want to blame or criticize um, the educators. We actually want to try to be a part of the team and try to come up with a common solution that's going to be able to uh, assist the student in the best way possible. Also, you wanna protect uh, the parent school relationship. Um, I know that sometimes as parents, we become very protective uh, of our children, but we have to also remember that educators are, are there to provide these services for our students and so it is a collaborative relationship and we need to look at okay well what is my child's strengths and how can this process enhance their learning and a- enhance the child's education. And so we want to look at what are the recent evaluations on my child? If my child is being reevaluated, what are the differences between the two? And we also want to seek to win out a win-win solution for every problem that we may occur, uh, run up against. Um, We want to have a win-win solution for the problems that we incur. And we also want to understand the school's position and what they can do and what things must they do and what things can they do. Because, you know, those are some things that are also included in um, the Department of Education's IEP framework the IEP process. So if they say that they shall do this, that means, of course, that they have to implement that within the IEP process. But if it says that they may, it says that it's at the school's discretion uh, as if they're actually going to implement that within that program. And so what parents, if parents don't agree with the IEP process, what they want to do is try to try to come up with some form of agreement and then ask for maybe mediation, uh, ask for maybe due process, uh, and then if all else fails, of course, they can file a complaint with the state education agency, but they want to try to come up with some type of solution first with the administrators at the school and look at what's going to be the best thing for the child. The IEP process is the cornerstone of special education, and it does weigh heavily on the laws and what is actually required of the parent. And we talked a little bit about on last week, what is the role of um, education at this stage? How far have we come? And we have to look at the fact that educators are required to do a large number of things um, just for the general student. And so when we're looking at the IEP process, what we want to make sure that we maintain a level uh, of excellence for our students and try to give them the best possible outcome for their educational experience. And I know the IEP process sometimes seems a little bit daunting and it seems like, I don't know if, you know, I'm getting all the things the things are required for my child but the Department of Education has put these things out here so that not only can you go into the IEP process informed, you can also feel empowered as a parent and um, as an educator to know that these are the things that I know that I'm required to do for this child. I feel like all of these things are covered or are not covered, and maybe we need to Address one thing or another that may not have been addressed in the IEP process before and then we uh, also have to look at Are we properly identifying what problems that may be occurring? And if my child can actually flourish in this particular environment and so with the IEP process um, It can be a bit daunting But what we want to do is we just want to make sure that we're giving our children the best possible um, avenue for success that we can have. And so, again, we want to hear from our listeners out there about what do you think about the IEP process? Do you feel like it's an effective um, form of evaluating the student, the student's progress, and how they can um, benefit more from the public school system? Or do you feel like some things need to be changed? I know that you have a lot of supportive services now uh, in the high schools and supportive personnels that come in and augment the services that school systems um, actually deal with. So give us a call or email us. Uh, all of the information is located on our website. And also I want to remind that my um, fellow host, um, Ms. Erica Henson, also has a education show that discusses depression anxiety and other disabilities within our community and her show airs on thursdays at two o'clock p.m mountain standard time one o'clock p.m pacific standard time and four o'clock p.m eastern standard time and reach out to me on spreaker uh, if you have any questions or on soundcloud We'd love to hear from you and hear about what you feel about the IEP process in the U.S. Department of Education. And on next week's show, I will be reading our comic book series. So I'm really excited about you doing that, Uh, you joining us. I'm really excited about you joining us to hear our comic book series, issues that students may be facing within the education school system. And I want you to join us. You can also follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn at Buffy Williams and on Instagram at Buffy underscore Williams and Twitter at Buffy underscore Awaken.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The New Heights Show on Education. This show was written and expressed by Buffy Williams. Auto and mixing was produced by Jamal Banks. Thank you for listening. Good night. Until we meet again on The New Heights Show on Education.
3: I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School, and we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible. And here at Silicon Valley High School, we're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today at svhs.co.
2: Here are your announcements for the month of December. Happy birthday to the following people. Priya Kedharnath, Heather Ruggirio on December 3rd, Geetha Lingasamy on December 4th, Lindsay Clark, December 5th, Roberta Perkins on December 19th, Erica Hansen on December 20th, Tanushree Tawari on December 25th, And happy anniversary to Michelle Schocke and Shannon Williamson on December 17th. Other exciting updates from the New Heights Educational Group includes the following. And please don't forget to donate to the New Heights Educational Group this holiday season. You can also visit our website and click on Amazon Smile when shopping on Amazon. That way NHEG receives a portion of the sales. A thought for you is also, we have had over 327,000 listeners for our radio show. If each of those people donated a dollar, that would help New Heights Educational Group tremendously with reaching those that need services. The New Heights Educational Group will be launching um, a new site for their New Heights Show on Education um, very soon. It has never been easier to listen to our shows. Check them out now. The new site is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. You can also visit our discounted and free online courses to view the newly added courses for us and Silicon Valley High School. Anyone at any age can earn their diploma through Silicon Valley High School. You will really want to check out their $95 courses. We also want to announce a new partnership with Buffy Williams, who's also a host of one of our shows. Her books can be found on our recommended books page on the Learning Annex, and you will also see her books added to some of our curriculum, like the genealogy course that's on our site. We want to give a special thank you to Senator Sherrod Brown for his recent recognition. We really appreciate your thoughtful certificate from the United State Senate. Thank you also to Walmart of Defiance and Walmart of Napoleon. They both sent us a check for $500. We couldn't do what we do without support of businesses like Walmart that appreciate our educational efforts. If you like what you hear on our show, please consider sponsoring it. There are only two more spots available for sponsors. Everyone here at NHEG wants to wish you and your family a happy and safe holiday season. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. See you next month.
0: Congratulations to Ashley Scott, our Student Athlete of the Week. Through her efforts as a volunteer with the New Heights Educational Group Incorporated, Ashley inspires young readers in the Defiance, Ohio area. Ashley was nominated for her commitment to giving back in the community through volunteering, raising donations, and raising awareness for various causes. Read more about Ashley by visiting hashtag readers and leaders.
1: we